Hey, good evening. Hello. And we are back for Mindset Explosion Season 3, Episode 46. Uh, I've got a really excited for tonight. And Natalie Harley is coming on to talk about two of the things that she's running and how having a creative mindset is so important. And we'll just see about um, how life can change as well. So let me just bring uh, Natalie in. Hello, Natalie. How are you? Hi. I'm good, thank um, you. I'm used the... to seeing you in a martial arts um, environment, so <laughs> it's a bit different seeing you on here. I know. I you were training with um, at my studio, right? Yeah, both my boys do. Yeah, that's it. Wow, well, they do really well as well. Um, but we're here to find out what you've been up to over the last five or six years. Um, wow. We've had a good chat before we came on. So um, actually this morning I was on a, a seminar and I think I mentioned it to you before. It was all about reinventing yourself and listening to you. <laughs> I, I feel like that, that's kind of part of the journey that you've really been on. So um, we're going to talk about having a creative mindset and how that's good for us and you know how you work with that. But you've been on a, a massive journey, I, it sounds like. So you start off in... As a financial advisor, you said that, right? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I started off sort of learning languages and living in different countries and sort of doing various bits and pieces. And then it was only really when I moved back to the UK and all my my school peers were sort of in very serious careers and, you know, on the property ladder. And I suddenly just thought, oh, yeah, maybe I should start a proper career now. <laughs> just traveling around and doing random jobs and learning languages, which is great. But um, so, yeah, I trained as a financial advisor and um, went through all the qualifications and became chartered and certified and ended up working in London for a large accountancy practice. Um, and I did that up until, yeah, I had my boys. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so like, uh, all over the place, but I actually lived in France for a while and I lived in Spain for about three and a half years. Um, so Madrid, um, up on the coast near Barcelona and um, down in Granada, I was studying at the university of Granada there so um and then I was working um I actually did a I actually did a master's in graphic design in Madrid which is slightly random and I probably would have ended up doing that and staying working for the um very renowned agency in Madrid if it wasn't for the fact that my then partner um got a job up on near Barcelona and we ended up moving up there and so I moved into a a totally different um, field of work, but yeah, that would that would have been my sort of creative career, if you like, if I'd stayed there. So it's funny how life wends its way down different paths, um, and then somehow I ended up coming back to the UK and and doing financial side for quite a few years, and um, and then I had my boys, and everything changed. My mindset changed, my outlook changed, um, and I guess I've come full circle in a way back to my creative self. <laughs> Yeah, but that's yeah, nice. That's nice. I guess you really live. Fantastic. And then, so when you have children, Etienne came first, right? Yeah, he was a bit of a miracle. Uh, <laughs> we weren't really, we weren't, well, we weren't expecting it. Um, yeah. I had, yeah, had issues. So he came as a bit of a wham bam. <laughs> Here I am. Um, and he's been a bit like that ever since, actually. He's, he's um he's a bit of a force of nature so yeah he came along and uh sort of changed everything really um 
I mean, I won't get all soppy, but you know, something about becoming a, a parent that changes everything. Um, and, you know, they've always meant the world to me. And I think that's why deep down, I knew that um, I wanted to do something that I could work around them and be a sort of present mum, if you like. Um, and I always wanted to have a really close relationship with them. And then Reuben was a bit tricky. He was a bit more difficult. He took three years. Um, so <laughs> he was, uh, he's a slightly more awkward one, but uh, he was worth the wait. And then it was really when I was pregnant with him that I moved from London down to the West Country, which is where I grew up anyway. Um, but unfortunately, my husband stayed, was stuck working and living in London. So it was just me and Etienne, who was three, um, and, you know, me expecting a little baby. So going back to my full time career, um, going out, finding clients and things just wasn't going to work. Um, and I'd also sort of thought long and hard over the years that I probably wanted to do my own thing um, and get back to my creative self um, and create something of my own so I knew it was going to be a tough path but ultimately it's and I and I knew it would take longer because I was going to have to be you know I was going to be focused on the boys but um, I'd set my mind to it and then it was just a case of finding that nugget um, to run with. And this is when this is when Socrates was born yeah. yeah so apart from wanting to set up my own business and create my own product um I also had that very frustrating experience with two little boys of losing endless pairs of socks um <laughs> piles of odd socks losing socks in the washing machine um walking halfway round back around the supermarket to try and find the sock that had been left on the floor um, you know how it is. So, um, and you know, trying to find a pair of matching socks when you're trying to take them out for a walk or to the park or to nursery. Um, and yeah, it was during that time when I was trying to get a particularly wriggly Reuben dressed and getting some trousers on and then trying to find a pair of matching socks and then trying to get them on him and keep them on him yeah. um, so that we could go out. I just thought, right, okay, what I need <laughs> is a pair of trousers, the kind of trousers that I really like, you know, nice quality pair of trousers. I don't want tights because I did tights with Etienne and he used to have a bit of eczema and it would always be itchy and scratchy and quite tight and restrictive on him. Um, but I just wanted like a really nice pair of trousers with the socks built into them. So it was just an all in one. Um, but could I find anything at all like it? No, I couldn't find anything. So it was either, you know, old school baby grows, rompers. Um, that's when I had my light bulb moment. <laughs> it's like, right, well, if it's not out there, I'm going to make it myself. <laughs> this is them here, right? As if by magic, yeah. Here's the one I made earlier. Hang on, I'm trying to... So we, we went... The, um, so this is what they are. So... Yeah. Yeah. So there's um, at the moment there's jeans style um, and there's jogger style. Um, and then I briefly had cord style, um, which sold out very quickly. And I need to get some more of those in stock. Um, but yeah, so there's sort of three different main styles with different sort of colorways, depending on what you like and, you know, the, the little one's personality. Um, but they've all got little pops of color. Um, the jeans are fully soft jersey lined, so they're particularly good in these chillier 
months and they're really lovely soft cotton 100% cotton denim um, and then the socks are particularly sort of stretchy and hard wearing um, and they've got the uh, non-slip grips on the soles and drawstring waist as well so you can adjust them and they're very generously cut so if you using cloth nappies for example um, I know a lot of mums and dads have problems with finding trousers to fit those because they're a bit bulkier um, and they're just you know they're really nice and, and soft and um, and then the joggers are you know if you get these sort of slightly cheap thin material joggers um, but these ones are like lovely thick premium cotton um, again they're all sort of mild grey and they've got little pops of colour and they've got a bright coloured pocket on the back. Um, I bought out pink more recently after uh, demand for slightly more girly colours. <laughs> I was going with unisex but apparently we're not quite there. <laughs> so um, although the pink has been quite popular with some um, with boys as well so I don't know maybe it's going the other way to how I thought. Um, but yeah, so I, I just find people are either more of a joggers person or a jeans person. Um, and I designed them how I would want, you know, to have a pair of trousers for my kids, like really lovely quality, they're gonna last, wash really well. You know, you, you just chuck them in the washing machine and then hang them up. You don't have to worry about fishing out little socks or hanging little socks up, dried for the next morning and they don't, you know, they don't wear um like like some clothing do so they're they're you know they are premium um and the socks also last really well so they've just got lots of little features that um i wanted i would have liked to have had ideally for mine um sadly reuben is now five so he's grown out of them because they only go up to age four they yeah. went up to age three then i went up to age four and then yeah he's he's not in them anymore so uh and he did live in them because I think they ended up having uses that you never even thought of, you know, like wellies, for example. You know how you go out for a wellie walk with your little one and then every five minutes, mummy, can you pull up my sock? It's fallen down in my boot and my trousers have ridden up and I've got cold legs. Don't get that with Socrates. <laughs> and yeah, the sling, yeah. the sling as well, when they're sitting in the sling and their legs yeah. are dangling and the socks are sort of about to fall off and the trousers have ridden up um don't get that with Socrates so they're good for keeping little ones snug and they're dancing on hard floors because everyone's got hard floors these days at home um you know they've they've got the grips on them and they stay on um so yeah they're they're and they make great gifts as well I just thought I'd say that now we're close to Christmas yeah great idea, <laughs> great idea. My, my left necessity is the mother of invention absolutely yeah. yeah born out of your own your own issues um and you just know that so many other people are struggling with the same problem uh yeah. so it's you know i'm not some sort of faceless corporation that's just made these um on the cheap you know these are made out of love and experience um and i'm very passionate about them and i just need to get them out there now because you know, I also don't have the budget of a large corporation. So it's that age-old problem of just trying to go, hi, see my product, it's great, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so but it's what, happening there slowly, it's getting there slowly. I say it looks like it's, it's like you're on social media, it's pretty good. It's getting there. I 
you know, it was um because my son started school last year. Um, you know, this was going to be the year of the big push. Um, obviously, this year has been very challenging, so it wasn't really the year I was expecting to have. Um, but you know, I've taken time out to sort of learn and discover, and I've had to get good at social media and Matt doing your course has really helped as well because you are an expert in that field so um and I know I need to get even better um, I mean I was a a total social media dinosaur before this I was always a very private person I didn't really post um I don't know whether it's a generational thing but yeah I've had to get I've had to really suss out social media and get better at it um and there's still so much to learn and they keep changing it just because I've got used to how something works. They change it or bring something else out. Um, but yeah, no, I've actually got a couple of people helping me on Socrates now. So, you know, my team is growing um, and uh, it's going in the right direction and it's getting out to a few different countries. And yeah, just watch the space. Hopefully next year will be the year this should have been. <laughs> will we see you on Dragon Do you know what? So many people have said that. But I oh, don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I think it would make me or break me. <laughs> yeah, if I was a more daring person, I probably would. <laughs> we have a presentation together. And we've got some great advice. I think it's a great idea. With the boys, we just cut them in the um, rows in the end. We can cut up rows in the pots. Yeah. And then got to change a nappy again. So we all our, put it back on. Um, and all three were napping on. <laughs> they look warm. They, the they are. The doggers look warmer than you know, like a thin baby. They are. And, this, you know, this is the issue I have with um, trying to sell online is because online you can't really convey the quality. You can't, people can't see it and feel it. So, you know, when I was doing exhibitions or, if, you know, when I'm in the shops, for example, um, then, you know, people don't necessarily know the brand, but they can see and feel the quality of the product. Um, and it just clicks. Whereas online, it's very difficult. You've got to overcome that trust barrier of, oh, well, I don't know this brand. Do I really want to spend money on a product that I don't know, a brand I don't know? Um, or I'll just buy a pair of jeans from the supermarket and buy a pack of 10 socks. Um, and then, you know, two weeks later, they realise that they've only got two of those pack of 10 socks left <laughs> and they're wishing they bought, bought the sock of these. But it's, you know, it, it's very difficult because I'm not someone that's just made something cheap to sort of sell as fast as possible. I've made something of high quality, and but it's, it is a, it is really difficult online only. So that's been the challenge this year. Um, but, you know, it's starting to happen with word of mouth and, you know, you start to see the ones wearing them when you're out and about. And it's, you know, it's just that ball has started to roll. Um, but also, you know, people have struggled this year and people don't have as much money to spend on things and people are only getting the basics. And um, well, I'm afraid and Xbox, they seem to sell out of five hundred pound console. So well, that is true, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's where our heads are at. You're not making me feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. Well, I mean, we all know games consoles are a necessity, right? I mean, you can't live without them. So. Yeah, there you go. For a fraction of the cost of a games console, you can make your day-to-day -day life significantly easier by buying Socrates. There you go. <laughs> 
also, socks, the, the baby socks you can get stuck in the washing machine is to get yeah, exactly. in the well, well, it's a well-known fact that, um, you know, it might be an alternative truth, but it's a well-known fact that washing machines eat socks. I mean, they yeah. actually swallow them. I don't know where they go, but they <laughs> some, I don't know, some conspiracy down the back of the washing machine <laughs> where all the socks go. <laughs> Yeah, got it, got a I think that's I really love the idea. I think I'm sure it's gonna I'm sure next year's gonna be really good for you. And because I guess you said if you haven't that time I just um well as you know, as parents as children grow up they become a little bit more independent, we get that little time back, I guess, don't we? Yeah, that's and that's why, you know, again, why this year was gonna be the year. <laughs> um and then, you know, it's turned out to be different, well, to how everyone expected, really. But there's nothing we can do about it. And you just have to take from it what you can. And, you know, I've I've sort of tried to turn it to my advantage. But, um, That's all yeah. 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 So I ended up spending more time with my son, um, actually, than I thought of, than I would have done when he wasn't at school previously because he wasn't even able to go to any, uh, you know, groups or anything. So, yeah. Strange old world. That's why I said to um, boys today. It, it was, um, they were complaining about homeschooling. Yeah, but look, you got extra time with mummy, you got extra time with me, and we would never ever have had that. No, exactly. Oh. Um, it's it's been better. And also, my husband um, was home during lockdown, and for him, that's the biggest blessing ever. He was mm. you know, he used to hate being up in London all week, um, and for him to spend that amount of time um with all of us during the week um it's just been incredible so you know that they they've really have been huge blessings but you know there's also been a lot of pressure in the background and i guess it's just how you choose i heard a really good quote um a few days ago which was that 2020 is not the year to get everything you want but to appreciate everything you have which i thought was really good <laughs> They stop stressing about the things that you wanted to achieve and haven't been able to and actually just focus on the things that you already have and have been able to spend focus more time on actually yeah. i said to my husband i quite like to clone myself so i could spend more time on the business as well as with the kids and he looked horrified <laughs> <laughs> he said one of me is more than enough <laughs> maybe you just need to employ a man you have to look at the um kickstart scheme you might be able to get someone to look after it for you <laughs> into that. <laughs> not quite <laughs> so lots of things on the horizon though yeah no yeah. definitely i think you got a great product definitely um thank you it was around why, why was it there in 2008 <laughs> everyone's at home <laughs> i get lots of people saying that and also lots of people saying what can you do these for teenagers <laughs> I think the problem is teenagers' socks start to smell long before their trousers do, so I don't think it would really work. But yeah. <laughs> well, maybe look at this again, <laughs> and um, you'll probably think of something by the time your kids are, your boys are teenagers. Yeah, I will just have to keep increasing the the, the largest size to the point where they I, they come in adults as well. It could be like um, yeah, and actually, on a more serious note, I have had um, 
a nurse, for example, say to me, they'd be really useful for people who struggle to get themselves dressed, um, you know, because it's just much easier. You're only having to put one thing on. So there's all sorts of angles out there that you just hadn't even, or, and advantages, uh, benefits that you hadn't even thought about. So who knows? <laughs> the who knows? It's wide open. <laughs> so you've got the soccer twos, and yeah. you've got really something, it sounds like, so that's your business. That's something you're passionate about from yeah. a business perspective. And you got into fine art as well. And was that around the same time? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm, I've always been creative. Um, as a kid, I was always sort of drawing and um, I was at draw pencil portraits of people. Um, I've always loved sort of drawing people, you know, faces and animals and things like that. Um, so I was always doing creative stuff as a kid and then, I don't know, schoolwork and uni and travelling and getting a proper career um, took over and it sort of always got parked. Um, and then it was while I, uh, it was after I had Reuben, my youngest, <clears throat> And there was a watercolour um, painting class at the village hall opposite our house. Um, and I, I, so I went to it and just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then I start, while I was on maternity leave, I started going to some local art groups and I would just take Ruben as a tiny baby in his little bouncy chair with car seat and he would just sort of sit there. <laughs> he was quite good, so it was, uh, it was easy to do. And I would just paint, you know, very sleep deprived, but um, it was just nice to go and do something else. And, and I just really got a, the, the buzz for it. And then um, over time, I sort of developed what people said was quite a particular style of my own um it wasn't by design it just kind of happened um and I absolutely love color uh and I started realizing that I could use color to create sort of warmth and cool and movement and um expression in something that might just be you know to the normal eyes brown or what have you um and I would just play around with it and I think that's what I love about art is it's kind of a release, you know, it can bring out my personality. Um, and it's just a way of um, getting away from those restraints and, and just doing something that's a bit fun. Uh, and then I entered a local art competition and won it um, with my bar now painting. And this then, one, this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, you're so slick, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that Barnell painting, which is quite a big, quite a big painting. Um, and uh, and the hair was also one of my first ones. Um, yeah, those are probably my three favourite ones, actually. I like the this. Highland yeah. Bill as well. Yeah, my husband asked me to do the carp because um, he's a keen carp fisherman. So that was my friend's dog, a black Labrador. Um <laughs> Yeah, sorry, go on. You're yeah, living in living in the Cotswolds. I had to do a pheasant, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I've had quite a few commissions of dogs as well. So you see quite a few dogs up there. Some of some of which I can't put up there because um yeah, they're sort of very personal. But um but yes, yeah, so I won this competition and then someone came up to me afterwards who was quite, you know, like a counsellor of the 
village or something so quite important and asked me if he could buy the bar now and I was a bit blown away by it but explained that you know I didn't paint to sell um I only really painted for myself and I didn't even consider myself to be an artist or to you know be in position to sell my paintings but I don't know it's kept happening um and then uh I decided to start selling um prints of my paintings um, because that was a way of selling them to people who really liked it, but without parting with the originals. Because um, yeah, I would yeah. maybe only paint sort of three or four a year. <laughs> um, and uh, and then this year in lockdown, I decided to use that additional time to do some more painting. Um, you know, when you're not rushing around taking your kids to <laughs> martial arts and various after-school clubs and things, which don't get me wrong, they absolutely love, and I'm so glad we're going back there now. But um, but just not have, but to be able to have that time, where you're not out and about here, there, and everywhere doing your kids' um, activities, um, gave me the time to do it. And I would, because it was nice weather, I would take myself outside and I would just shut off for about three, four hours, and just it was very intensive. Um, and I would just paint and then it's and then I had an introduction to a gallery from through a friend a fine art gallery um, and they loved my stuff and took took me on they have some of my original paintings and that's Mercy of Fine Art in Winchcombe I should give them a shout out really because they're great yeah. um, they got some beautiful things in there um, and yeah it's just I guess I've it's just sort of happened really um, and it's sort of that's running alongside my Socrates I definitely focus more of my attention on Socrates but the art thing is sort of there and um you know I'll see if I can get into a few more galleries but it's yeah it's strange how it's happened and it feels like it was a sort of always meant to be thing and then one day maybe I'll be able to spend more time painting as well wow, wow. that's a, a um that one there is from India so India is one of the countries that I love to travel to <clears throat> I just love all the colors um the architecture the um contrasts just you know the buzz everything um and then the one below it is <laughs> is a, a cotswold scene two yeah. quite opposing scenes <laughs> there's something there's about, something about it. <clears throat> it is, it's just um quite peaceful they're all quite peaceful yeah Imagine, oh, wow. I mean, that's yeah. that one there—the the pheasant, the robin, and the pheasant. That pheasant there, yeah, they—they're now Christmas cards. Um, yeah. Because the gallery owner suggested that I turn those into Christmas cards. Because every, but I mean, if you look at the, there's actually lots of colours in there, even though it is really a snowy scene. Um, in here, yeah. But it just, you know, it's evocative, isn't it? And it makes you feel Christmassy. <laughs> it does. The robin, I think, was I love robins. No, that the robin is very popular. I have yeah. to say, the robin is very popular. I have just recently sold the the original painting of that and the cards. I've just had to get a restock of the cards. So yeah, people in this country do love robins. <laughs> Gonna have to paint some more. Yeah, <laughs> and hedgehogs apparently. People keep asking me to paint yeah. hedgehogs. <laughs> Good, I'm a badger. Yeah. Badger foxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, if and if when I go to Ireland um, and stay with family in the morning, I always see a robin. They're quite yeah. sacred. So it's supposed to be a you know, message from. They are very sacred. Yeah, symbolic. Yeah. yeah. So. Sure. 
at court. So then do you kind of just think by your um I know you said there are in the Cotswolds and the pheasants quite that is that's definitely from I feel that that definitely Cotswold and um but what kind of do you think that I'm going to go that day, or it, how do you come up with that idea, basically? I don't know. I mean, the pheasant was probably just because I mean we live in the countryside, and um, I probably happened to have seen dozens of pheasants that day, and I just you know there's such a colourful, quirky, slightly comical bird, um, and we get lots of partridges as well who are very friendly. In fact, we yeah, have one that was like, yeah, partridge. <laughs> they're so cute and they're just so colourful and they we had one that was just going around our kitchen island <laughs> at one point which the boys found hysterical um so I, I don't know it may have been that i just seen some pheasants and I just thought I'd love to paint them because I just you know I love the colours um and I suppose they are quite iconic in the Cotswolds um but otherwise I might just come across you know a photo with a particularly um, humorous angle of an animal or there's something in that photo that I just I see the colors and the, the sense of fun in it um, I don't know it might have a slightly quirky camera angle or I, I don't know really I come across things and I just think I really want to paint that um, and then obviously commissions is different you know a lot of people um, like to have their, their dogs painted um, and you know I always try and get them to buy me a photo which is very shows its character because ultimately that's what I want to bring out otherwise yeah. you may as well just have a photo so you know find a, a particular image of of their pet that shows best shows their character and has a slightly um I don't know humorous uh whimsical expression and then just capture that in in painting form <laughs> and try not to paint it exactly either try and do it um you know sort of painterly um impressionist way because i think it that brings out more of the character and remind me because before we came on air you was talking about where your children are coloring and how you encourage them to just do whatever don't worry about getting in the lines I, I, yeah, so, so when i was little i used to you know i used to just do a lot of pencil drawing and i would pen i would draw and shade to the point where it looked exactly like the photo um and you know at school you're always taught to sort of color neatly in the lines um and this is this color and that's that color and well no i think this is actually more you know slightly bluer than that i think we need to get and i don't know i see my boys doing that and worrying about coloring in the lines and making something look exactly how it looks in a picture um and I just find it interesting that we spend our whole childhood trying to do things very precisely and correctly. And then in adulthood, when it comes to things like art um, and creativity, is actually trying to expand away from those restrictions and just be a bit looser and freer. Um, and, you know, the best paintings are one that, that do, they're not a true accurate representation their representation of the colour and the feel and the movement. And so I'm always saying to my boys, you don't need to colour in the lines. You don't even need to colour anything in. Just draw your own thing, draw whatever comes to your mind. Be free with it. You know, it doesn't have to look exactly like the thing. We have to know what it is and it has to be your idea of what it is. Um, but that's what's so exciting about art. 
and that it isn't an exact science and you know a lot of it is about composition and about the color used and um, about saying, I can sort of see what that is. Oh yeah, that's what that is. And it's making you think about things and seeing things and visualizing things um, rather than it all being spelt out for you. Um, it's capturing people's imagination is what it should be about. So yeah, it does frustrate me slightly when everything's very sort of clinical and precise. <laughs> um, I mean, some things need to be precise, you know, like martial arts moves and things, but when it comes to when it comes to art, I don't know. I think it should be more about your personal expression. I think most, a lot of things like that are, even with martial arts to a degree, and dance, even expression of yourself. Um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose, you know, yeah, you have to learn specific techniques and yeah. sequences or how to achieve a certain effect, how to achieve the outcome that you want. But then within that, being creative with how you use that and being able to think on the spur of the moment, um, being able to apply it um, to different circumstances. So, yeah, I suppose there are actually quite yeah. a few parallels. Um, but, so, yes, yeah, I suppose it's independence, independence of thought. Yeah, definitely. So how have you found your creative mindset and benefit for you? Not just of art, but generally, I like you've always had that throughout the different paths. It's not like you've had you know, incredible life experience and taking these different paths. It's, you feel that creativity is always there, or it's really coming out now, and um, and how does that kind of help you? Yeah, I I definitely feel like I I'm on the right path now, and I think I probably. <laughs> not so much suppress my creativity I mean it's funny even in some of my um less traditionally creative jobs I suppose I always seem to end up getting involved in the creative side of it you know whether it was designing a logo or website or thinking outside the box in terms of marketing um how you would I mean even a, a sort of very technical financial um concept a lot of it you know success of being a financial advisor is is being able to explain in a way by its rafts. It's about. I started talking about finance and. So yeah, I suppose even even in that way, I was thinking outside the box in terms of how to explain it in a way that was better able to to sort of engage and visualise. Um, but for me, doing art, I just it just makes me so happy. And don't get me wrong, I mean this kind of style, my style of painting, definitely puts me outside my comfort zone. My comfort zone is drawing something precisely, exactly how I want it, you know, how it should look. Um, painting in a more free way is out of my comfort zone. I do get really nervous every single time I start a painting. Um, I don't know why, I just do, um, I guess because I want it to be, I, I have a vision of how I want it to look and then I worry that it's not going to be that way, it's not going to work. And, you know, like anything, there are some days where it just doesn't, just doesn't happen, doesn't come out how I want it to. I'm not feeling it. I'm not in the right state of mind. I'm not feeling particularly inspired. Um, and then another day it, it will just happen and you don't know how or why but you're just in the right sort of headspace um, and it just flows um, and I guess that's like just every day really um, 
you have good days and bad days. But yeah, I I think it's the art. I think what I noticed about my art is that I could be doing it for sort of three, four hours and I've been totally and utterly absorbed in it. Um, and I realise that it's sort of, you know, six o'clock in the evening and uh, I haven't made the kids dinner yet. Um, and it's the time has just flown and I haven't thought about anything else. I don't know. I suppose it's quite meditative as well in a in a way. Um, I mean, the Socrates business, you know, it's, it's a very different thing. And I'm thinking about 100 different things at once um, and lots of different um, elements that I have to think about from a business point of view, marketing, you know, the admin side. Um, but the painting is very, in terms of, you know, your your focus, it's just 100% absorbed. Um, and, you know, I do yoga as well as one of my hobbies. So I guess that's similar in a way. <laughs> I think there's just so much going on in life. You know, my husband's... Um, he works very long hours, so I sort of have to think about everything, not just work-wise, but with the kids and the home and just general life admin. So I suppose I've always got, you know, a thousand and one things going on in my head that I have to think about. So art is a really good way of switching off from all of that and just, and it's hard, you know, you have to be strict about finding the time to, to do it. And it's very hard to sort of say, right, I'm going to block out three, four hours to do it because you sort of feel a bit guilty, but you have to do it um and it's always worth it it sounds like you're yeah and i think i i'd say that's you know that's would be advice for everyone is is if it's not every day just a few times a week just if you can you know i know we find it hard we feel like we have to be 100 percent doing things all of the time but if you can just be quite disciplined about blocking some time out to meditate or do something that switches off, you know, some yoga, breathing, or um, just doing something else. If it's reading a book, you know, anything, um, I just think it's good. It's really good for us. And actually it probably makes us more productive um, with everything else as well, because if you can switch your mind up for a while, it sort of can reboot. A hundred percent. Doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's amazing how hard it is to do nothing, though. That's yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. I think you've got the good part. Okay, so you, you, yoga's great because when I've done yoga, it, it, it just clears out my head. I don't want to think about anything, and it's for me. Yeah, which has a knock-on effect on what I'm going to do anyway. So, yeah. and then with your painting, it's it sounds like yes, you haven't to be disciplined with that, but you understand that if it's a creative day, then cool, we can go full steam ahead. And if not, it's okay, well, we'll come back, it'll pass, you'll come back to it the next day and, and start again. But it sounds like it's quite gives you a lot of balance as um, you know, for business as a mum, as a, as a wife as well. It sounds you know, because you always seem quite calm to me. To that, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I suppose I am. Um, not always. I get, you know, anxiety like everyone else at certain things. I get nervous. You know, I get nervous about coming on <laughs> on a video. Um, anything that's for doing things. Um, I've never allowed that to stop me doing those things. So I've ended up just working through that feeling rather than preventing um, preventing me from doing things. Because I just think, I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, I wish I'd done that, and I wish I'd 
done that and why didn't I just do it how you know fear is such a strange irrational thing sometimes um See, but, we, we say that it really it's the body is preparing for it and it's quite interesting to hear that you, you have that feeling of anxiety or fear just before you start a new um new painting but it's it good because you like you said you're coming out of that comfort zone so you're you're exercising that you know exercising the, the fear factor then we can run we can freeze up but um my instructor always would say you know when you're scared it's the same thing as adrenaline excitement it's just like you're thinking yeah. about differently and you know the blood rushes away from your tummy a little bit and you might get a little yeah. bit whatever. but it's basically it's saying are you ready for this now you're, you're ready for this situation but i think it's the same you know it's, it's just how you just said it saying like, well, I'm, I'm ready now I'm ready to do this yeah. and it is I mean, it, when you look back you think oh i did that <laughs> well i mean i jumped out of a plane to do a skydive when i in my 20s and that was probably the scariest thing i've ever done in my life given i had a phobia of heights and flying um i couldn't let my sister down <laughs> and i just keep telling myself if i can do that <laughs> and survive it then i can do anything <laughs> I recommend yes. everyone at least once in their life. I don't. Don't do it. <laughs> I, do some I, painting. I don't do jump out of a plane. <laughs> I said I'd never do it. I'm doing it twice. I just no. found myself walking somewhere once with a friend and, and fucking up. And I, what have I just done? <laughs> I suppose a lot of it is the fear of the unknown. I suppose once you've done it and you know how it feels um it's not so bad a bit like going on live videos but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's still something i feel very nervous about but yeah I, I don't know i think jumping out of airplanes that might be in the past for me now <laughs> i'll stick to painting and I mean, yoga and videos <laughs> okay i've done that now don't need to but no, done it ticket yeah exactly no, <laughs> so what's next with um with the painting because it well in terms of what am i going to paint next or just, yeah, where, 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 where do you want to go well yeah what are you going to paint next uh, but where is... <laughs> might paint the hedgehog next by popular demand oh, yeah, um no. <laughs> no but i longer term i mean i'd love to yeah i mean i suppose i'd love to maybe um shift the balance a bit between my business and um and my art so I'd like to spend more time on my art so sort of outsource more of the soccer twos you know see it to fruition in the sense that I've you know got it out there and it's gained momentum and exposure and it's selling well and then you know what it really needs at that point is to be taken on by um a larger company to you know to sort of take it to the next level um, and that I can still have ownership of the brand um, and the product design. It will still be my my baby in a way, my business baby. Um, but to hand over a lot of the sort of day to day running of it, so that I can focus more on the art, um, you know, that I enjoy so much. Um, and who knows, you know, more galleries. Um, we'll just see. But that's that's my sort of longer term aim um and i have to see if i can yeah i think it's more just a question of time actually 
Uh, but it's it, we're in very changing we're in a very changing world at the moment, and retail is very difficult. So it might take me longer than <laughs> than it might have otherwise. But you know, I enjoy both of them immensely, and one of them sort of uses one set of skills and you know sort of, sort of more of a business mind, um, and then the other one is is purely sort of creative and you know it's the art seems to sell itself really as long as I've put as much of my personality into it as I can and um you know I'm getting it into the galleries then it's not quite the same um then it just sort of happens quite naturally and you tend to get that sort of natural following whereas with a product like Socrates it's you know it is much sort of more intense in terms of the marketing and having to sort of constantly re reinvent the the message and um and finding the new markets it's a changing feast yeah, I guess you can. Sorry, it's pretty much the same pattern. Parents keep coming out and yeah, coming out. Everyone's still having children, basically. Yeah, well, it's quite interesting. With sort of tease, a lot of um, people that buy are, um, are grandparents, yeah. and they, you know, they say a bit like you do. I wish I'd had these when mine were little, and they're now having babies of their own. So they know all the pitfalls of the lost socks and all this sort of thing. So they they're the ones that are buying for their, you know, for their daughter or their son who've just had a, a baby. Um, so yeah, it is. It's it's sort of, you know, it's like our kids are now listening to all the kind of seventies and eighties music that <laughs> we were listening to. Everything goes full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm asking. Oh, this was. Just... Oh, in the 80s. I mean, sorry, in the 90s. When I was, yeah. Sorry, yes, the 90s. Sorry, the 90s and all this. Why talking about the 70s and the 80s? <laughs> but they were rehashed anyway. So I think that, that cycle's when. And when, you know, when I was a kid, I loved listening to my parents' music from when they were younger. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, well, who knows? You know, Socrates might become a household name. We'll see. <laughs> Hope so. That would be great. I'm sure it will. Got to big. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you got any markets coming up? Any, any events that you have coming up for either the soccer tours or the, your um, art that you want to share? Um, I'm on a few virtual markets at the moment, given everything's virtual at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got the Cotswolds um, virtual Christmas market, uh, and also. Um, it's a samey different person, um, which is run by Millie's Trust, which is a fantastic uh, charity, um, which sort of runs, you know, nationwide. Um, so we're on there as well. Got some great offers on there. Um, and I'm also on the Witchwood Festival uh, market as well. So, yeah, doing quite a lot at the moment. Um, after in the comments? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you know, apart from apart from Socrates and and I'm selling my art on there as well, um, and you know, the Christmas cards in particular are, are sort of doing really well on on them. Um, but there's some absolutely amazing sellers and very creative people on there. There's some brilliant, brilliant small independent um, uh, businesses on there, and you know, they're fantastic for buying um, Christmas presents. So please do check them out and, you know, shop small, shop independent. Um, 
people put a lot of love into them and it's you know amazon's great but <laughs> definitely independent is the way forward so yeah check those markets out um for some really lovely original gift ideas yeah and i yeah. think there's it is it's what goes into it from that that you know the individuals really with the the independence there's a lot of it's not a time and effort it's a nervous professional thing yeah no, um so. and you know it's you know it's it's things that are handmade and um are very personal yeah. and yeah. you don't get that with the sort of mass made products out there um but it's it's incredible to see the kind of things people are making i absolutely love it i always end up buying more spending more money on that than i end up making because <laughs> i just see everything that's out there oh, that's oh. Nice. well thank you so much for coming around Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Brilliant. We'll get you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next year when the <laughs> might be in a slightly different space. Yeah, we'll see, yeah see what the update is, definitely. Um, no, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing about and well done last week on the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. Um, I'll speak to you in two minutes, just say goodbye to you. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm back next Sunday. I think next Sunday I got Gary Das is one of my mentors actually coming on to talk about a few things. If I got the dates right, because I had the dates wrong with something the other week, anyway, whatever. Uh, so have a great rest of your Sunday, everyone. Great week, and uh, I'll see you all soon. Bye.